Hello everyone, welcome to ACNA Open Mic and I, how delighted I am to actually name podcast and give it a name. On the episode today, you will meet Craig Goggle. He is in South Australia and without revealing any of his story before you listen to it, he's had quite an experience working his way into his role as regional manager. So enjoy this story from Craig and I'll also disclose that this is probably the longest wait for an interview ever. Craig was actually one of the first people to offer and it's taken until now to line up the diaries. So enjoy this recording of Craig's chat about his journey to ACNA and of course his first bicycle. Hello Craig, welcome to podcast. Oh sorry, welcome to open mic. I'm not even starting the intros properly. How exciting. Thanks, Beck. Thanks for having me. The first guest when we've actually got a name for podcast, no longer known as podcast. Woohoo. Good stuff. Let's get into it. All right. So first of all, where are you sitting at the moment? I actually just stood up. My chair is very squeaky <laughs> and I didn't want to have the uh, the squeakiness of the chair in the background and everyone continuing to tell me that I need to buy some oil for it. So I'm, I'm standing up in my uh, office at my house in Gawler, which is a town of about 10,000 people uh, very far north of uh, Metro SA, um, just on the cusp of the Barossa Valley. Most people know the Barossa Valley. So, yeah. oh, Yes, awesome wine. And thank you. We have enjoyed your wines before. So, Craig, tell us a little bit about the first time you remember riding a bicycle. Oh, I don't remember riding a bicycle the first time. Uh, I've seen a picture of myself riding a bicycle, but th- this picture was of a bike that my papa actually built that was a passed down from my dad and his five brothers and then came to our family somehow. Um, I think Dad keeps telling me it's because he was um, Nana's favourite, so he got the bike. And there's this three-wheeler bike that then went through the generation of our family um, and my brother has it now. So I've got a picture of me riding this three-wheeler bike that was built by my papa, which is pretty cool. Um, but my first ever bike that I remember riding is a Repco S3000, which um, for those that don't know the Repco range, it was a uh, maroon one with the banana lounge seat, um, very small version of the, the bigger bike um, with uh, all of the, the trims, like the, the plastic little um, bubbles that are on each of the spokes. So as you ride, it goes ding, 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 <laughs> things like that. Um, and that was a, a hand-me-down from my older brother. And we've actually got it at our place now, which my son, William, who's three years old, rides. So it's pretty cool. That is cool. Have you still got the spokies or have you taken those? Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're still on there. And an addition uh, actually two weeks ago was uh, the cardboard cutout that just goes on the back wheel which now makes it go as well as the ding, 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 ding. So so we know where he is. It's so cool. (laughs) That's a good point. Oh, I love it. And um, so with that wonderful memory and the fact that you've still got all the bikes there, do you want to take us on another memory, which was how you ended up joining ACNA? Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I used to do as a kid was to, in my school holidays, was to go and help grandpa in his vineyards pruning vines or picking grapes and things like that. My grandpa had Parkinson's disease and one of the years that I was helping him in his vineyard, an occupational therapist came around and did an assessment on him in his home. I just happened to be inside eating lunch at the time and asked grandma if I could stay there rather than going out and do work and just see what it was all about. And 
the occupational therapist basically walked him around his home and was it just looked to me like the most amazing job. You get to see people in their home, you get to tell them that there is good things that they're doing in their life and you get to try and help them to strategize for things that are becoming more difficult. So that led me down the path of going to uni and heading into the occupational therapy field after first trying mechanical engineering and thinking that's not for me. And yeah, I, I ended up working for domiciliary care in South Australia for a few years before my role was being made redundant when RAS started. And at that time, I was advised that it would be worthwhile me joining a RAS team. So I applied with both APM and ACNA. And thankfully, I joined ACNA. And here I am today. Ah, uh, here you are today, but you've skipped some steps in that, Mr. Goggle. Would you oh, like to time, yeah. take us back? Because I've heard this story and I think it's fantastic. I love hearing stories of everyone's interviews because it's just, Ricky just seems to <laughs> really thrive in that role play role and then scare everyone yeah. by explaining she's a CEO after. So <laughs> tell us about your interview situation. So my, my original interview situation, and I um, at the time we were applying for either an assessor or a team leader role or both. I applied for both, but was only interviewed for the assessor role. And I can't exactly remember. I know Maxine Pulitz was in the the interview role play for me. And I remember asking questions of Laura at the time, but no one else I, I knew. So we rocked up on the first day. There was 10 new staff from South Australia and no team leader. And the day prior, I was driving home with my wife and, and Ricky had rung me and left a voicemail because I didn't answer it. And... <laughs> still remember what she said. It was basically, hi, it's Ricky Smith from uh, ACNA. Um, um, I'll be intriguing. Can you call me back? <laughs> that was it. And I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> anyway, she rang me. Um, I rang her back and, and she said, would you like to apply for the team leader role or would you be keen to be a team leader because we don't have one? And I said, yes. So um, basically from there, the first week was uh, induction into the team, but also me trialling out to be a team leader of that team when when I knew who the team was already, which was actually a really nice thing. From there then, the, the team grew from 10 to 20 uh, within the first uh, almost year, which was huge. And I managed to be able to build some systems in place and, and must have shown enough to Ricky for her to promote me to be my current role, which is regional manager of SA in Queensland where at the time Shane Eaton was team leader of the South Coast team in Queensland, Joe Bronte, West Morton, and we employed then Tanya Robertson and Thomas Kennedy to be team leaders in South Australia. So, yeah, a very, very quick transition from what I thought on the first day was me being an assessor, um, just having a new baby and being able to go, yep, I can just settle into my life for a little bit, to all of a sudden regional manager within 18 months and flying around the country trying to look after two teams plus um, going to Perth every now and then. Wow. Yeah, wouldn't change it for the world though. It's been great. It's been a great experience. Very appreciative. Oh, that's awesome. How is that new baby? How old is the new baby now? Oh, new baby is, so William's three, he'll be four in September. Um, and at the time when I started with ACNA, uh, Olivia, my, my daughter was who's six now, she was just about to turn two. So that was the case of mum's going back to work. We needed to move back to Gawler. Got this new job thinking, yep, it's going to be easy because I'm going to be working from home and we can juggle that around uh, childcare and things like that. 
yeah, it's, it's a pinch item, but it's, it's been fun. Craig, one of the projects that you did recently that was quite different from Raz was what we nicknamed ResiSS, which was the ANAC trial. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity that ACNA had um, to do something a little bit different to community assessments where the ResiSS trial, which we nicknamed, was a trial of the, a new tool the department were looking at to replace the ACFI tool, which is a tool that assesses people for funding and care planning as they go into a residential facility. So the new tool essentially is just the funding part of that tool with the idea that the department wants to see an independent workforce um, assessing that level of funding required and then the residential facilities then work on the care planning based on how the client moves and and or the person moving into the residential facility, their function and level of cognitive ability and all of those sorts of things. So very brief project, which was about nine months in duration, which started with us setting up teams in SA and WA in November and ended in the end of March with teams also in Victoria, ACT, and we also did some assessments in Northern Territory. So yeah, I don't know what you want me to really talk about here, but <laughs> it was great to do a different level of assessment where you needed to have a clinical expertise to complete the assessment because of the level of complexity of the clients. So some of the assessors were, well, not some of the assessors, all of the assessors actually had to assess a client who was immobile and also could not talk. So they had that dementia to the to the highest level that they weren't able to understand what you were saying, they weren't able to communicate back to you, things like that. And how do you actually assess someone in those um, circumstances? High levels of complexity around medications and what they mean in terms of the level of care required across a a 24-hour period and just the complexity of if someone understands what you're saying and they can give you an answer, how do you determine their cognitive ability over a 24-hour period because it may be different to what they're actually showing you. So the trial was us doing 6,000, we were going to do up to 6,000 assessments in multiple residential facilities across Australia and then provide data back to the Department of Health as to how uh, the tool worked, how consistent we were with marking the tool with each other and other organisations that were doing it across Australia and then what the operational issues and wins were with working with residential facilities from an independent workforce and also how to set set it up in the future. Yeah, so it was good fun. It was very intense. My role in it was threefold, which was a clinical lead, essentially a team leader of the Victorian teams towards the end and also a coach of the teams to bring in their self-organised teams concept, which kept me busy. And I was also flying to different states there from in January and February nearly every week to go and do audits and check on the teams and talk to them and be part of their team meetings and things like that as well. So it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Found it amazing working with you, Beck, actually. <laughs> Just the way that you think and, and do things very quickly has really pushed me in a good way. And yeah, we had really good outcomes as well, which showed that we could yeah, we showed that we could produce a, a clinical governance model that stands up, that we could onboard a workforce within six weeks, which was pretty intense, especially because that workforce was in Victoria and ACT, and we don't work there generally, and that we could do assessments on more complex clients. Yeah, it was good fun. Oh, that's awesome. I think it's really great to hear that because some people across Acne might not be aware of the project. So yep. there you go. 
Podcast listeners, now you're a Crossroads ESS. Yeah. Before I let you get back to the rest of your very busy day, is there anything that you would like to share on the podcast to fabulous listeners across ACNA? Um, not so much that I'd like to share, but I really enjoyed listening to these over the last few weeks. So for those people that have joined in, well done. Yeah, good courage to, to get involved. I think it's a great thing that you're doing, Beck, and it allows us to, like, I actually look forward to seeing them coming out every Friday and gives you that little spark on a Friday afternoon when like, you're kind of shutting off for the week and you go, oh, I can just get myself back into ACNA mode where someone gets to talk about how good ACNA is and why we're actually here. And that's what I love about working at ACNA is everyone has the same reason that they work here um, and the same, same values and, and behaviours that they display. So it's a really lovely place to work. Oh, fantastic message. Thank you, Craig. You will certainly brighten up many people's Fridays with that message. So after weeks <laughs> well, and weeks... While they and... listen to my babble. <laughs> yeah, you went babbling. <laughs> after weeks and weeks and weeks of trying to organise this podcast interview with you, Craig, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Beg. It's been great. Hey everybody, it's Craig here from SA. Make sure you get yourself onto the ACNA podcast. What's better than on a Friday afternoon to see the email come through a podcast and go, oh, who have we got this week? And then get to listen to a fantastic story about one of your colleagues. Make sure you get yourself on there soon. Bex waiting.